Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with your laser. I told you you couldn't get through. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke. Mullets and Memories, a MacGyver podcast about MacGyver. Season 4. Tommy Giordano was a good friend of mine. Had been since the first time I gave him a bath and got wetter than he did. I'd known Tommy's mom, Mary Ruth, since I first came to the Phoenix Foundation. She was a lab technician, one of the best. Her husband, Richard, was a successful surgeon. They had everything a family could want. Except a happy marriage. Oh, was this going to be one of those movie of the week episodes? Way to go, Tommy. Ruin a marriage. Way to go. You ruined your parents' marriage, you jerk. <laughs> oh, man. That's just terrible. <laughs> yeah, we're awful people. Um, welcome to Mullets and Memories, everybody. I am your host, Dave Champ. I'm your other host, Greg Klein. This is episode 75 what the hell of Mullets and Memories. Today, Greg and I will be talking about season four, episode 11, The Battle of Tommy Giordano. Now, no. let's be clear. It's battle. Yes. Not ballad. I said ballad. Literally almost said it as we were talking about it here. Almost said the ballad of Tommy Giordano, which may have worked. I think would be so much better. Could you imagine MacGyver writing like a ballad? Hey, Murdoch did it. Oh, he did. <laughs> he only wrote one song. I would have loved to have seen a fleshed out director's cut musical. Like he wrote one song like but the middle of the song there was like no like anything else right yeah or a <laughs> I, musical I don't even know. Was like it didn't feel like the opening of cleo rocks for that episode so like uh, i would have loved to have seen like like a maybe a 45 minute ugh. musical oh the overture <laughs> just the overture i am having bad memories <laughs> i don't want to go back there oh but this episode i mean it's it's um it's a good it's a good episode yeah, it was good. Uh, it, was, yes. it was definitely a good episode. I think um, I was reading a little something about season four, and and from what I understand, season four takes a shift from MacGyver on a mission to more of the uh, topic of the week. Um, you know, like this was like this was about you know the divorce. This was a, this was like a hot topic issue. The the next episode. It directly deals with racism in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he took more, not necessarily a a political stance, but it was definitely like kind of like soapboxy, like yeah, I you know type type of a thing. I've definitely noticed a, a change in the vibe of this season. It's been a great season, I, but compared yeah. to like the first one, which is just ridiculous, MacGyver out in the woods like fighting commandos or people right. trying to like right. do a coup in some country. Like now, it's actually they're bringing it. They're bringing it home. They are, and we had always said like MacGyver on his home turf was always good with a smaller cast. But mm-hmm. I think I don't remember the last time. Was it this season? The last time we saw MacGyver like out of the country, I feel like it was the one where Pete with Pete and the Nun back in early <laughs> was the beginning of se- early season four. No, with- I think the last time they were out of the country was when uh, uh, they had to go rescue Pete uh, with the plane, and Pete got shot. Remember? Oh, that's right. I, the- my brain doesn't work, so I can't remember where it was. They went he to- had to go. Oh, sorry, he had to get Jack's help. Falusi Land or yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Land. Yeah, and, and Jack was uh, had his airplane that he was going to bring pizza to the troops someplace. That wasn't, and wasn't never did. That wasn't the one with the nun. No, no, a Dal- different nun. Dalton wasn't in that. episode. A different nun. That's what I'm talking about. The one oh. where he got shot in the shoulder. And yeah, yeah, and we uh, see we meet Sarah Connor. 
Right, Sarah Connor, right. <laughs> that's right. Right. That's right. Okay. So yeah, but this that's the only episode I can remember of this season where like it was like straight up out of the country, like MacGyver in his element, so to speak, like doing what he does. In the field. MacGyver in the field, unless you count MacGyverland. <laughs> oh, MacGyverland's great. <laughs> um but yeah, no, this definitely had that down home feeling, but I think we're gonna get a lot more of this as the series continues for I'm, the next two and a half two and a half seasons. I'm hesitant on that. I don't know if I know. I'll, I'll like it. Uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see how many more like soapbox moments that they can have um throughout the course of the series. Mm. But it'll be interesting. So anyway, let's uh what do you think? Should we get into it? Let's get right up in, in this. All right. So MacGyver is sitting outside a courthouse at the opening of the episode with with Tommy Giordano, uh, and apparently he's known Tommy his entire life. Tommy's entire life. He's known Tommy for his Tommy for eight years of Tommy, and apparently he's known the mother Mary Ruth even longer. Which was my first problem is never heard of her until this moment, right? Because <laughs> she also works at the Phoenix Foundation. Yeah, she's the best lab tech they've ever had. Okay, well maybe it'd be cool if we could have seen her. Doing what you say is the best thing that she's like you've ever seen. Right. At the foundation. Right. So it's this, this character that he's known for eight years with this this woman's son, um, and she's a coworker, and we've never heard of her before. Nope. So that's and apparently, fine. yeah, and apparently he's so invested in their lives. Like he was talking about in the clip that you we, you heard, just talking about like giving this kid baths when he was a baby. Right. Cool. Like great, but we never hear about it until this moment. And provided, uh, assuming we're never going to hear from them again. Well, without a doubt, we're never going to hear of these characters. Um, so Tommy's parents are getting a divorce, mm. and they're waiting outside for the ruling of the divorce proceedings. So MacGyver and Tommy are waiting. Yes, outside. MacGyver and Tommy are waiting outside um, for the the ruling on the divorce hearings to see who gets custody of Tommy. And. What I love about this is, is back up just one second. They talk about how Tommy is eight. Mm-hmm. My first note was this kid is eight. He looks no older than five. I know he looks okay? really young. Looks no older than four or five years old. Even like I watched this one with Lucy and Eva, and there were, Lucy was like, "Wait, he's supposed to be older than I am now because Lucy's <laughs> seven and a half. Yeah, no way. Like, no. And so then I, I edit and I stand corrected and I looked it up. I couldn't find a lot of information on him because he was only a child actor. He stopped mm-hmm. working in the mid nineties. Yeah. He was born in nineteen eighty one. So at so, the air at the airing of this episode, he was indeed eight years old. Wow. So I wow. Stand, he was just really, really short for his age. He was short and he was very articulate. Yes. So I would have guessed he was like ten or twelve yeah. when he was speaking. So I stand corrected, he was just a little small for his age. That's okay. Um so Tommy is really, really worried. That and again for 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 an eight year old to understand the concepts of divorce and like obviously mm-hmm. he knows that his parents love him but like for me this was a concept that like this kid should not have been talking about with MacGyver so he says to MacGyver he's like well I'm really worried that if the, they take me away from my mom that she's gonna think I don't love her and if they take me away from my dad he's gonna think that I don't love him and I'm like this is an eight-year-old having a conversation with an late 30s early 40s man about yeah. how his parents are going to stop loving him if he has to move <laughs> away from them like and macgyver's answer was great he's like nah i don't think that's how that works which i was very appreciative of that he was yeah. just like yeah he's like no you're probably right like you know your dad's probably going to hate you more <laughs> yeah right you know you know joey you know if you go live with your mother your father is going to probably kill himself so let's just keep that under 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 the mat here. And just, if you go kinda... live with your father, your mother is probably going to walk the streets at night. So if you don't know what that means, ask your mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's had some experience with that um, in her prior <laughs> life before she had you. Remember, she's a great lab tech. 
What? What? So Mary Ruth and Richard come out of the courthouse, and um, mom mom walks over to Tommy and says, "Tommy, you know we've we've made the decision. The court has ruled that you're going to stay with me. Mm -hmm. Tommy's going to go with the mom." So we cut to Richard, who's standing at the top of the courthouse stairs with his lawyer, and he's like ripping into the lawyer. He's like, I can't even believe they didn't give me visitations. Like, what is this all about? What are you doing? You're not doing anything. You're not doing your job. And the lawyer's like, well, listen, (laughs) you were verbally abusive to your wife for nine years. Then you started ripping into the judge. You didn't give me much to work with, Richard. Right. Right. It was great. You'll be eligible for visitation in about six months. But I love that the lawyer just like threw it right back at him. It's It's like, like, fuck off. No. You're a dick. (laughs) You gave me nothing to go on. And let's talk a little bit about Richard's appearance. Oh, man. So Richard is a surgeon or a doctor? I think he's a doctor. Right. Okay. So he's got like, this is like 98. No, no. Sorry. 89. 89. 89. So he's got like this long kind of trench coat sort of thing that he's wearing that probably has shoulder pads in it oh yeah and he's got he's got like a curly mullet he's got what macgyver's hair would look like if it was a little curlier and jet black right amazing he's like oh <laughs> god so like it looks like a kind of looks like helmet from uh like darth helmet like the, the, yes just the shape <laughs> yes. just the shape it comes down and goes into his shoulders and just kind of go make, makes a big cone out of his maybe body. that's what the inspiration was because this would have been the same year that Spaceballs came out oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> look we gotta stop we gotta stop production i saw i saw i gotta read i gotta redesign helmet <laughs> i gotta redo the hair yeah. all right i gotta redo this it looks like dark helmet um so Richard comes dark down. Dark helmet or Darth helmet? It's dark helmet. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Richard comes down the stairs and he he kind of pulls pulls Mary Ruth aside and he says, "Hey, listen, can I talk to Tommy for a minute?" And Mom really is kind of like hesitant. Yeah, like, to let no, him do it. No. And this is where we get the first idea that Tom, that Richard is a schmuck. Yeah. Like a, a master manipulator. So mm-hmm. he he pulls Tommy aside and he basically is like, "Listen, Tommy, here's my phone number. Mm-hmm. If Mom starts acting hysterical again like she usually does, just call me." Yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah, like, you know how sometimes she can't handle things? Just let me know. I'm there for you. You know? And wow. What a dicky thing Such to say. But move. I want to take us an aside here, really yes. quickly. Tommy shows, uh, oh God. Oh, the, yeah, MacGyver. The toy? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The little toy. So MacGyver bought Tommy this toy. Uh, it's like this, this the, the, it, how do I explain it? I'll just tell you what it is. I recognize them because I had them. I was going to say, I bet you had. I saw your note. Capsella. Okay. I, I think they're. I think they were European. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. But they were like these little balls, not re- like capsules. Yeah. With different devices like gears, uh, transmissions, all kinds yep. of stuff. You could build things and build like these little robots and stuff. And that's what MacGyver bought him. I thought it was awesome. He showed it to his dad. He's like, look what MacGyver bought me. And he's like, yeah, MacGyver. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, but cap- I'm like, Capsella, I had a bunch of those and I still do. <laughs> and they still work, which is Do amazing. they really? Yeah, yeah. It's almost 30 years later, oh, they sure. still work. They're, that's great. They're that's pretty fantastic. rugged. I mean, they had some weak spots in them that cracks. but uh, Right. Um, yeah, really cool toys. We should get them out and play Check with them. them out. Capsella. I want to play with those. <laughs> I know. I'll try to find some. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, he tells Tommy, he's like, if you know, if you see mom starting to act hysterical again like she does, mm. you, you call me and I'll be there for you. And so then they kind of like part ways. I'll be there for you. And then oh. we cut to my favorite character in the episode, uh, Joe Catano. Joe. And now he, he's supposed to be a mob boss. Um, in this episode, supposed to be a mob boss. I think he is. He, he I think he is. He's but a like, mob boss with a conscience. He definitely does not assume the identity of like the stereotypical mob boss that you see in the eighties and like seventies and eighties movies and TV right. shows. So he's having a meeting with with Polly, who's like his right hand man. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, I guess Joe 
uh, Joe's Joe's under pressure from a, a rival mob. Um, mm-hmm. The guy's name is Peter Vaccaro. Yeah, and he's under pressure because Peter is I'm selling drugs, selling drugs to kids. Right, and Joe doesn't jive with that. Right, he's like, I'm not doing that. I'd like he's like, I'll do all kinds of other stuff, but I'm not selling drugs to kids. Yeah, I think he's like, I'm not gonna. He's like, I don't. He says, I'm not gonna compromise my principles and right. sell drugs that way. He's like, right. Yeah, I'll sell drugs, great, fine, but I'm not gonna give them to ten year old kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, pretty much. Well, he said we never got into narcotics. He's never sold drugs. Is that what he said? Yeah, he's, he says, okay. we never, all this time we've never gotten into narcotics and I'm not going to do it. Right. Like, he, so he must like launder money. Yeah. P- hits out on people. I don't know. Does Typical some really shady stuff. shit enough that he doesn't have to sell drugs. So he's probably pretty bad. I was just thinking, yeah, he's probably, and again, he's like, yeah, and I, if I did sell drugs, I'm not going to sell them to kids. Right. So apparently, so he's he's coming under some some pressure from from this other guy. Right. Polly's like, yeah, well, it's a good market. He's like, I'm not doing it. Oh, okay. And as they're sort of like chatting, um, Richard uh, shows up. In his trench coat. In his trench coat and his giant, his beautiful, co- beautifully coiffed hair. Oh, so good. And Joe's like, huh, now why do you suppose my nephew decides to show up after all these years if only he needed some help? Right. And Richard's like, tells him the whole thing about Tommy, how he lost custody and he's got to stay with the mom and he's not going to mm-hmm. be able to see him for a while. And um, he blames the mom immediately. Like Richard blames the mom for, mm-hmm. for losing custody of Tommy. Well, he says like basically she lied and said that all this stuff about him that wasn't true. So he lost custody. And this is where, uh, what's the guy's name? Damn it. Joe. Joe. Yeah. Joe's like. Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. Yeah. Uncle Joe. Ask him. So you telling me the truth? Is that what really happened? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the whole truth. Which is total bullshit. Right. Right. So Joe's like, I'll help you get your your son back. Yeah. Yeah. I'll help you do it. Yeah, exactly. What I love about this is in this whole scene, uh, Joe has this one line. He's like, no court has the right to take their son away from their father like that. I'm like, "Mm, yep. Yes, they do. Yep. They absolutely They absolutely have the right to do that. Right. But you're talking (laughs) about like mob bosses and the family. Right. Right. Exactly. But we learn here that um, Uncle Joe helped him. Helped. uh, Oh, fuck. I can't remember anybody's name. Uncle Joe helped Richard? Helped, Helped Lion Mane. Richard. Yeah, Richard. Lion dark man. helmet. <laughs> Jesus. Uncle Joe helped Richard go to college, get his get his doctor's practice going. Right. Helped him, like, I guess financially supported him until Richard didn't need him anymore and just, like, wanted to cut ties with the family. So Richard's a schmuck. Right. But he also didn't want to be involved with a crime family. So as much of an asshole as he is, he's not a crook. Right. He's just, he, a, he's he just walked, a shitty person. He didn't want to be part of the family business. Right. He's he's not a criminal, and he just wants to have his own practice and treat his wife like shit. Right. He likes having the money, but he likes earning it in honest, exactly. in honest way. So give him you know? credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is the second time now we see Richard try to pull this manipulation. Mm. So initially, Joe, Uncle Joe says that he's not going to do it. Yeah. He's not going to give. He's not going to help him with his son. And so Richard says, "You know, Tommy looks just like your wife." It's like, shut up, don't. don't and he's don't like, say that. and so Joe's like, "Um, I know exactly what you're trying to do, and it's not going to work." <laughs> and so Richard walks away, and he's like, "Fine, then I won't. I won't ask again." He's like, "No, no, 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 no. I didn't say I wasn't going to help." He's like, "I tef- I truly believe that a father should be with a son, and I will help you." Yeah. And so he's like, "I will take you and Tommy <laughs> to my ranch in Canada." Yeah. And I've got two guys. Um. <laughs> so this, sorry, I just flipped open our Instagram page, and we and we saw uh, someone that we follow, Boomer and Bandit Podcast. Um, and you guys are dressed as uh, Dark Helmet and Barf. 
Um, <laughs> How so perfect is that? Just very, very <laughs> apropos to what we're talking about right now. Wow. So there we are. That's right, Anywho. guys. So if you're listening, thank you for that. That made us <laughs> that made us giggle quite a bit. Um, so yeah, so Uncle Joe says that he'll take Richard and Tommy to Canada. He's got a ranch up in Canada. He's like, we'll we'll go ahead and take him across the border, and we'll we'll get you to to be with him. Mm. He's like, I'll send two of my guys out, and we'll make sure we get him. So we cut to the aquarium, and MacGyver and Mary Ruth are talking, and Tommy's like fascinated by all the fish. And at one point, Tommy's like, um, MacGyver starts talking about like the sharks at the aquarium, and Tommy's like, Mom, can I go look at the sharks? Can oh, I go do that? I love it. And she says, Okay, honey, just don't run off. And he just and I was runs like, Man, all times, the way across. Times have changed. Like you let your kid just disappear into an aquarium, a crowded aquarium. And he just disappears. And then they just slowly like saunter up and like walk very slowly behind him, like MacGyver and the, MacGyver and Mary Ruth, right? And so as they're walking, um, Mary Ruth admits to MacGyver, she's like, you know, I'm really having trouble functioning on my own for the first time in probably more than nine years that they've been together. And MacGyver <clears> says, <throat> are, "Are you hysterical? Can you can you hold things together?" <laughs> yeah. No, that's not what he said. That's at not all. exactly what he says. Because I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call Richard. He's like, I haven't. Richard gave me a number and said if you're acting hysterical, I should call him for for Tommy. Is that does that mean anything? No, to you? <laughs> no, it doesn't mean anything. You're getting hysterical, Mary Ruth. What's up? I'm not getting hysterical. <laughs> so as they catch, yeah, as they catch up to Tommy, um, <clears throat> two of the guys, two of two of Uncle Joe's men. In these khaki trench coats. Yeah, who just like standing in an aquarium like with sunglasses on, kind of looking around by themselves. Yeah. They just like grab Tommy really fast and just run. They run out with him like so amongst all these all these people, they grab him like a duffel bag and run out with him. Like it's just like a football and they're like cut like buried him under his shoulder and just running at full speed. One guy puts his hand over his mouth and just carries him out. And then the MacGyver chases them. He runs down he runs after them and he, I think he gets tr- he gets knocked down by the door, doesn't well, he? he the, like, there's a garage door that closes with a window in it, and he can see, um, or he chases them out. Now he chases the, one of the guys outside. Because he gets knocked down when he gets outside. Almost. So yeah. So the guy that's carrying um, uh, Tommy runs outside, and his father, Tommy's father's out there, and passes him off to him. And, and Tommy doesn't scream. He's like, "Oh, hey, dad!" And yeah. his dad, Richard, he's, he's just like, "Hey, what's up, son?" And like they give a hug. And uh, this is when MacGyver's like coming up right behind him. He can see them through this garage door with the windows in. Right. And he can see that it's Richard. And MacGyver runs out the man door that's next to the garage yep. door. And there's a guy waiting for him and punches him right in the face. Oh, yeah. And MacGyver <clears throat> fights back and kind of knocks him out. But then the two guys beat the shit out of him for a little bit. Yep. And then um, Tommy's mother finally arrives as Richard and and the, the goons are driving away right. with Tommy and Tommy thinks that this is like a game like he gets really excited to see his dad and they're mm-hmm. like just going to disappear for a little while so he has no idea that anything bad so I'm just thinking like so so Richard abducts his own son in broad daylight <clears throat> and obviously gets identified right and he's that's that's your plan yeah like that's your plan drive across the border <laughs> to Canada yep. that's your plan that's the big plan, I guess. Okay. Um, what a creep. So, yeah. So, so MacGyver and Mary Ruth, they call in the police, but the cop there sort of like tells tells Mary Ruth, like, yeah, we can't do anything. Like, this is a civil matter. Like, right. Well, he also says because the paperwork hasn't gone through right. yet. This, your, 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 uh, the court ruling came through today, but they haven't pushed the paperwork through. Right. So he didn't do anything wrong. So technically, there's no visitations yet. Like, he can do it. Like, it's not kidnapping because it's his father. 
but that's so we- there's that's uh, I'm yeah. sure I'm sure on paper that's the truth, but right. it's like that's horse shit. It is exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they're like that's so bad. Like, I have full custody of the kid for like at least six months. We're like, yeah, well, you can't prove that. You can't prove that. <laughs> do you have the paperwork? Right. Yeah. So it's like, like t- so you can't do anything about it. You can't even follow him. Right. And so the cops like, why don't you go ahead and just wait a couple days, and we'll see if Richard, we'll see if we'll see if your ex husband brings brings your son back. Like, what? Cool. Great. All right. I, I'll just sit here quietly. I see why people don't have any faith in the system because of bullshit like that. Seriously. Oh my gosh. So we we cut to the ranch, and I I don't know how long it took them to get there because the next scene there they're there mm-hmm. they're at the ranch up in Canada, and uh, and uh, uh, Uncle Joe shows up. Creepy Uncle Joe at this point because he's like staring at Tommy like. He's really like wide eyes, and he's like, you "How and, you doing, Tommy? You and me are gonna be pals." I'm like, "Ooh!" But it's funny. Like, so let's do a little description of Uncle Joe. He's an older gentleman, yeah, probably in his late sixties, maybe seventy. Yep. Um, slender, wears like cardigans, like well dressed, but yeah. very casual, not mob boss like. Definitely all. not. He's got the tracksuit type of a right. type of outfit on. Like him. he should be like living in Celebration, Florida. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and maybe he is, for all we know. Who knows? But yeah, he's he's excited to be able to meet. You know, his. Uh, I, I don't know what the relation it's his is. Gra- uh, it's his, his, his great his, nephew, or is his great nephew? Because because how's it go? His sister was Tommy's grandmother. Right. So he's his great uncle. Great uncle, and so that would be the great nephew or whatever yeah, the yeah. Ne- the nephew one. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I, great I, nephew. I don't do bloodlines very well. I mm. can't follow that. But yeah, so he's really excited to be able to meet Tommy and like spend some time with him. And he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna have a great time. We're gonna go on a big trip. We're gonna do this and this and this." Yeah. Um, you like horses, Tommy? I got a lot of horses. You and I are gonna be best pals. <laughs> yeah, it was a little mm. weird. He's like, "Tommy, can I just want you to do a favor for me? Okay, don't ever run outside of that fence." Yeah, because they're on like their compound, right? Up in Canada. Yeah, yeah, and it's a, it's a. It's, Tommy asks like, "Why are all these guys with guns?" I'm like, Cause Don't run outside the fence, and you'll you won't find. If out. you want to hide out, maybe not have your henchmen in trench coats wander around your property with machine guns. Right. This is like the episode at the winery. We have guys with AK-47s wandering the premises <laughs> right, at the winery. Yeah, just like right. don't if you if you're trying to have a secluded ranch in Canada. Maybe don't have a bunch of schmucks with trench coats walking around with guns. Right. I don't know. Maybe they're naked underneath. Maybe <laughs> they're not, flashers. Just tip, tip people off to what's going on. Well, I don't they'll, know. They'll tip people <laughs> with, their, with their flashing t- trench coats. So What? So Mary Ruth and MacGyver are now at the Phoenix Foundation with Peter. <laughs> and he basically explains like what you already said, like the connection to Joe. Right. He explains Richard's connection that Richard, that Joe paid for all this stuff for Richard, but Richard walked away from the family business. Right, and and, and, and his mother. Oh God, what's her name? Mary Mary Ruth. Okay, just call me idiot because I don't remember character names. So fine. Mary Ruth didn't even know that Richard was related to this crime family. They were right. married for what? Nine, like years, nine years, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Never said a word. Right. So it, mean, it makes you think that Richard had no contact with with Uncle Joe either. Right. He didn't. Right. He didn't. Right. So <laughs> the last thing we heard that was Uncle Joe was at uh, Tommy's birth. Yes. And that was it. Right. We imagine that maybe Richard did some secretive stuff because it always Joe mentions that Richard only shows up when he needs something. Right. Exactly. So maybe a few times over nine years, but like, yeah, that's it. So mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Mary Ruth had no idea, but nah. at the same time, like, I don't know. You might want to know because, yeah, because Richard's mom was Mary Ruth's mother-in-law. Okay. So you would have to imagine that the mother-in-law would have mentioned a brother. I don't know. Blah, sure. Like, I mean, my mother-in-law, I know her brothers. Mm-hmm. Like. 
my great uncles. Like, yeah, I, I know them very well. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, I know who they are. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. That, that, that makes, that makes little sense. Mm, whatever. Um, so the phone rings and it's Tommy. Mm. He's calling to talk to, to mom. And he calls to tell right, her. Right, the phone rings. They're at the Phoenix Foundation <clears throat> because Tommy calls the Phoenix Foundation because that's where Ruth, what's her name, works. Right. Right. That's why. And they patched it through the Pete's office. That's right. Very yes. convenient. Yes. So of let's course just it say was. that. Yeah. Um, so Tommy calls only because he has to say goodbye to his mom. Right. Because he's Richard gonna, didn't let him. Yeah. He's like, I'm just, I just wanted to call and say goodbye. Um, or say hello. No, just wanted to talk to mom. They didn't say anything. Yeah. And then Mary Lou's like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you doing? Where are you going? And before he can say anything, Richard comes in and just like puts his hand down and disconnects the phone call. Yeah. He said we're, at Unc- we're, up w- we're hanging out with Uncle Joe. <laughs> right. And they're like, well, where, well, where is that? Right. And then Richard comes over. Shuts the phone And off. disconnects the yeah. phone. So, oh, God, he's such a dick. Yeah, what a turd burglar. So Burgles turds in that hair of his. <laughs> so Richard gets introduced at this point to, to Polly. Uh, Polly Rizzo, I think is his full name yeah. is. Um, and he gets in the car and they head out. And once, um, once Uncle Joe and Richard and Tommy um, hit the road and leave... Polly gets on the phone with with Vicaro. Yeah. And so now we realize that Tommy, uh, not Tommy, um, Polly, is sort of like a double agent. Like he's he's names. working he's working both sides of the both both families. Yeah, he's working them good. Um, and he's like, all right, listen, they're on their way. They've left, and just so you know, I want you to understand. Like, um, we're gonna make sure that your guy. So that it's, this is Polly talking to Vicaro. Mm-hmm. So Polly tells Vicaro, he's like, I'm gonna make sure that your killers. Your your guys will be able to get in. <clears throat> They're going to get past security, no problem. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to kill Joe. Yeah, it's like whoa. Yeah, okay. that's it. <clears throat> Simple enough. Okay, so that's the whole that's the whole plan. That's it. Vicaro's men are going to sneak in because Polly is working behind the scenes. Yeah. to make that happen. Right. Um. So MacGyver and Mary Ruth arrive at Joe's estate. This is like pre pre Canada. So this was like mm-hmm. Joe's house that the, that he lived right, in. Right, that's what I was goes to talking Canada. about before, right? So he goes there and they meet um George Kaplan. Now this is interesting <laughs> to me. From the FBI. Right. Does that ring a bell? George Kaplan? Yeah, does that ring a bell? It George does? Kaplan from the FBI. We've been referencing this f- for many many episodes at kind of jokingly. So remember no, remember Kathleen? Kathleen, yeah. Kathleen, cuz I kept mistaking him. I kept wanting to say George Kaplan. Oh, that's right. From North by Northwest. That's right. Yes, I do remember that. Alfred Hitchcock film with <laughs> Cary Grant. Yes, okay. North by Northwest, there's a guy named George Kaplan who was an FBI agent but didn't exist. Right, okay. Yes, it was very interesting. <laughs> I was like, I wonder where the, if it was a shout out or like an, a it nod. It might have been, yeah. It, that's interesting. Um, so George tells, tells MacGyver and Mary Ruth that they were able to track, uh, track Joe's flight. Just call her Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth. Um, so they track Joe's flight to Canada, but there's, again, nothing that the FBI can do because um, this custody battle is a civil matter and they right. still haven't received. So George Kaplan basically says, um, we, we can't do anything. And MacGyver's like, well, what if I go get the kid? And he's like, well, you can't because then you'll get arrested for transporting a kid across. That's kidnapping because you're, you're, you're not related. And then, and then mm-hmm. well, what if Baby Ruth goes? Right. And he's like, I can't say you should do that, but I can't say you shouldn't. Right? She's like, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> so let's let's go to Can- let's go to Canada, MacGyver. <laughs> right? <laughs> she was a little. She was. I mean, she was a distraught mother, but like really, like yeah, let's do. It. Let's go. Let's go do it. Yeah. Let's go. I'm going to Canada. Yeah. Exactly. And so, be- right before this, 
uh, George Kaplan, he kind of warns Mary Ruth because I guess they got a tip off that Vicaro, uh, <clears throat> Vicaro has actually put a hit out. Right, Joe, and so like that's where that's where she gets really nervous because now Tommy's in the middle of this like hit operation, right? And they're like, yeah, that's like this is going to be bad because Tommy's at risk at this point because they're going to do whatever they can to kill Joe, right? Um, and so that's when she said, Mary was like, let's I want to go to Canada, let's go to Canada, come on, MacGyver. And Max like okay, but it did that like slow like uh, before just before a commercial break like right. zooming on his face, yes. Yeah. A really slow zoom in. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make another note. Like MacGyver's outfit hasn't changed lately. It's still the white tennis shoes and like these um, not quite parachute pants. No. But they're baggy. Oh and, yeah. And the leather jacket and this gorgeous mane of hair. Oh, it's getting so much nicer. Oh it's my god, it's ridiculous. Amazing. Yeah. So we we cut to the ranch and Uncle Joe is taking Tommy on a horseback ride. Mm-hmm. And he's just chatting with Tommy and he's like, Listen, somebody's trying to take something from me, your uncle. And I worked really hard to build what it is that I have. And somebody's going to try to take this away from me. And that's when he tells Tommy, like, don't go outside that gate. Right, right. I got I got the timing. I, I, got, I did, too. I, I was thinking the same thing. But he's like, that's why you should never, never go out that gate. Okay. Okay, cool. Can we go horseback riding again? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and Joe Joe basically like, you know, I think, tell me about your mother. And, and Tommy tells him, it's like, you know, mom's nice, but whenever dad's around, she can't do things right. Or she gets really freaked out and scared and all this stuff. And, and Joe's like, huh, that's too bad. And th- I think I'd like your mother. Yeah. And that's when we see like the shift in Joe, like, oh shit, like Richard's a dick. Right. Like he's doing some pretty nasty stuff. Richard's a piece of shit. And so he now taught like Joe because becomes very protective of Tommy at this point from this mm-hmm. point forward. Like it's very protective of making sure that Tommy's interests right. are priority here. Um, so the camera like pans away from them and we see like from afar that MacGyver and Mary Ruth have arrived and they're, they're using a pair, they got a pair of binocs. So let's just say they got a pair of binocs and they're spying on this compound, Yeah, but they're standing up. They're, they're just, they're like waist up visible from the trees and MacGyver's got his white sneakers on. Yep. And they're watching with binoculars, which reflect light. Yep. And you can see their car behind them. Yep. I'm like. What do you? What kind of reconnaissance is this? And we get a camera shot from inside the binoculars, looking at Joe and Tommy. And at yeah. one point, it looks like they're Joe and Tommy are looking directly at the binoculars. Right at one point in the scene, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, they could have like, it, yes, it was probably easier to shoot it like that. But they sure. could have put them like, like on their bellies or something with binoculars, oh, yeah. like being a little sneakier. Absolutely. What the shit? Which, Come on. Okay, so the best part of that is, so they're like standing up and then they, like, the camera like pans to the right yeah. and two of Vicaro's men are like a hundred yards away. Right, with their binoculars. With their binoculars standing up by their car. I know, like, and you can <laughs> clearly see the car through the woods. It's like, how are those guys not being seen? Right. I mean, they're guys with guns walking all over the place. How is nobody being noticed? Right, exactly. So... The Vicaro's men leave and they go to like a motel and MacGyver and Mary Ruth follow. I just keep thinking about baby Ruth. <laughs> MacGyver and Mary Ruth follow Vicaro's men to a local motel because I guess uh, the, these two men are waiting for a phone call from from uh, from Polly. Yeah, to go tell ahead. them like what yeah. what needs to happen next. Start the hit. And so here's one of my favorite scenes in this episode. MacGyver goes into the uh, the desk, the front desk clerk yeah. of the motel, and he's like, "I want room 10. And the clerk's well, like, "Well, no, the, the, explain this wh- why because." We see Vicaro's men go into room nine. Right, right, right. So they see, we, they see him go into room nine. It's like, all right, we're going to get the room next to them. And he tells baby Ruth, he's like, all right, bear with me on this, okay? Whatever I do, just follow me, all right? Uh, okay, all right, fine. Yeah, and he walks into the, he puts on some sunglasses and walks into the, the office, like bangs his hang on the desk. He's like, I want room 10. I need room number 10. And the clerk, the clerk's like, 
all the rooms are the same. Not He's really like, no, 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 they're not. No, no, no. I need number 10. It's like, numerology, man. <laughs> yeah, numerology, man. You know, the 10 and this, and he starts doing this arithmetic and stuff. Right. And like, so as you know, it's going to throw me all off. I don't get number 10. And then and uh, Baby Ruth is like, yeah. The, uh, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's going to throw off my, my vibes, man. <laughs> And he's like, yeah. And so, so he, MacGyver's got the aviator glasses on, and he's like total hipster MacGyver. Yeah. And then so what, the, the desk clerk says something. It's like, what are you guys, from California? Oh, yeah. And then MacGyver grabs the key, and he goes, totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> they just like walk out. I'm like, I love that scene. I love it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little hipster MacGyver. It's such a great little oh, scene. Oh, but I just wanted to smack him. It was so great. Numerology, dude. <laughs> Totally, dude. <laughs> so they they get they get room ten. Thank God. Um, so so oh. that night, Tommy Tommy's trying to uh, trying to talk to his dad on the phone. So Richard's on the phone trying to make like this business transaction in Vienna. Like it's like a huge it's like a huge deal for for Richard, which is weird because he's just standing there on the phone like in the kitchen. And Tommy's playing with the robots, and Uncle Joe's down on the floor with him, and like he's well, like, Uncle Joe's cooking pasta. But oh, that's right. Because then later he comes in and he's like, right. "What are you working on there, Tommy? Let me get down." So he gets down to Tommy's later level. on, yeah. And so Tommy gets up and he tries to get his dad's attention, and his dad just like and snaps at him. Yeah, and he's like, "What are you, Tommy? What do I have to do to you? You've got this. You've got this beautiful house. You got all the toys you want. Now you want to talk to me?" Yeah, he's like, "What do you want to talk to me? Are you not happy here?" He's like, "No, I'm fine. Good. Then be quiet." Yeah, like, he's pretty like, much. To close your mouth. Like, shut he gets, up. He gets back on the phone. Tommy walks away like dejected, and Uncle Joe comes up, grabs the phone out of Richard's hands, and just slams it down. And he's like, "Uncle Joe's like, what the." was that for it's like what are you doing and he's like nice uncle joe i just was about to seal up a business deal in in austria yeah you know um and and joe's like what are you talking about it's like you know it's for it's a good practice i want to make sure the future is secure right tommy can have whatever he wants right and And it was good it was really good joe really stood up for tommy it was great because he kind of like joe gets this sense like he's like shit he's like richard is getting ready like he's gonna like take tommy to vienna and they're not coming back. Right. And Tom Joe's like, this is no life for Tommy. You're only interested in the money. And you're only interested in yourself. He's like, this has this is this is this has nothing to do with your son. And he asked he asked him, he's like, why do you want to take Tommy with you? He's like, because he's mine. Yeah. What a shitty answer. What an asshole. Oh my god. Yeah. What an asshole. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, my son belongs to me. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. And he's like, so and he said some of the great line, which of course I don't remember. But like, yeah, it's I like so he, he's a child. He's not like a commodity or an asset. Yeah. He's a child. Right. He's just a child. Yeah, he, but he's my child, and I'm taking him. And this is great, because I, I, I really started to like Joe, because he alluded earlier, like in the beginning, when they're when he's talking with Polly before Richard shows up in that initial scene, right? Um, saying, like, you know, I've done a lot of things in my life, and it's getting to the point where they're probably going to start to come back to haunt me. Exactly. Yeah, like, I mean, he's a, he's a, a mob boss. It's, foresha- it's great foreshadowing, because so that's I exactly think, what's happening as the scene is happening, you know? Yeah, so I think at, at this point in his life, he's starting to realize he's got to set some things right with where he can exactly um, and if he if he does get killed he wants to make sure that he's righted right some of the things in his life that may not have gone gone well so i think he's taking tommy as his opportunity to to do that for himself exactly you get some redemption exactly before, before uh i don't know the piper calls <laughs> i don't know yes, whatever sure all right so we <laughs> cut back to the motel we cut back to the motel and uh um vicaro's men are are in the hotel and they're kind of like just chatting with each other watching tv and they're they're just wa- look looking out the window every once in a while and macgyver's next door and he starts starts wiring up the phone to get ready to tap the phone next oh, this door this is ridiculous this was like i okay macgyver need, wants to tap their phone line because they're expecting a telephone call but in order to do that he needs to get into their room which is okay <laughs> 
All right, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to talk about this. <laughs> okay. So it's it's these are old rotary telephones, really simple. I mean, sure. That, yeah. So it's easy enough to tap a phone line, but he's not really he's tapping it, but not. I guess yeah, he's tapping. Okay. So what he does, he takes the panel, the wall jack out of their room, opens it up, and disconnects their phone, and then takes the phone line, and he can see like through the the gap in the wall, the jack to room eight where the other men are. Right. And he's like, I can see it. So he he takes a coat hanger, ties a cord to ties the phone cord to it, yep. and pushes it down to get close to the other jack. Right. But now he's like, okay, now we have to get in their room. <laughs> Didn't really think this one through, did like, you? What? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Right. He's you, a- you're not just gonna pull, you want to just pull it out of the pull the cord out of the wall. It's passing right by you and cut it and splice into it. Nope. He's like, I gotta get into the room, baby and- Ruth. I need you to create a diversion. Excuse me, what? <laughs> I need you to get over there and get those men out of the hotel room. Well, well I can't. I can't do it. He's like, do whatever you can. Say you can't start the car. So then someone's chasing you. Do whatever you can to get those men out of the room. And she's like, uh, okay, okay, you dick. But whatever. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm like, Mac, this is the dumbest idea ever. Yeah. this is stupid. So, and it turns out the whole th- it was all for naught because Baby Ruth walks out of the motel room as the two guys come out to go get takeout. <laughs> right, and she's like, oh, like she's standing on the on the, the front stoop of, of their room, and she's like kind of getting herself revved up, and then she's about to take a step, and the, their door opens, and they both leave, and they kind of see her, and she's like, ha, 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 just standing here. Right. And then as soon as they get in the car and drive away, she turns around, she's like, they're gone, they're gone, they went to get food. Right. And so he, go- so he gets in there, and it, it feels like the slowest wiring imaginable because they could not have been gone for that i mean they they went to get takeout right like but they they come back very quickly like two minutes two minutes they come back and macgyver finishes the wiretap chinese takeout is efficient in canada apparently it is so he finishes the wiretap but realizes he can't get out of the motel room so because they're coming back she like knocks on the door and screams to the wall they're coming and so he gets in the shower and like he closes the shower curtain he gets in there starts lathering up and taking a shower (laughs) So, oh, and we should mention before, as he finishes the connection, the phone rings, and we, we I think we see Polly on the other line waiting for the phone call, mm-hmm. but they he hangs up because those His guys aren't, aren't there, there, and they don't pick up the phone. They're all getting takeout, which, shitty hit men, because one of them should have stayed behind. Right. Like, you yeah. don't, both of you don't need to go get Chinese. Like, right. it's not yeah. that hard to do. I know. So yeah, so MacGyver jumps in the shower, and he starts, like, you know, wetting his hair down, and he's, he's in his clothes, but he's just... And his and his jacket just slowly starts to shrink because it's made out of leather, yeah. and, it, and it just restricts him like a corset, and he passes over because he, he passes over, passes out because he can't breathe, <laughs> and they still don't find him. No, that <laughs> they, didn't happen. They don't, they don't. They pretend nothing happened. So yeah, he hides in the shower as the guys come back because he has nowhere to go. And I'm like, you didn't think this through. Nope. It's like these little things. Like I like MacGyver as a person, but he just gets stuck in these. And I know it's plot stuff, but. It's bullshit. It makes me mad. Yeah. And so this part I loved because this isn't one of those moments. Like you have a really strong female character. Like she thinks for herself. She thought of this on her own Mm -hmm. and like was able to like and was very effectively done. it. She fakes. So so baby Ruth fakes a fight Mm -hmm. next door. Starts like throwing shit at the walls, like slamming stuff into the walls, screaming, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. I can't believe you're going to do this. And so she runs out as she finishes and starts banging on the guy's door next door. And she's like, I'm sorry. My boyfriend's going to kill me. You need to, you need to get in there and help me. And she's like, look, lady, this isn't our problem. Like we want, he's gone crazy. He's gone crazy. No, we're just, uh, we're just going to stay in here and eat our food. And so she pushes a little bit more, just enough for them to be like, all right, fine. We'll go check it out. We'll make sure that everything's okay. And that's enough time. They get out. MacGyver slips out and he shuts the door and he like runs around the corner and just like waits 
for the guys to come back. Right, right. And so the guys go in her room, look around. Nobody's there. She's like, oh, gee, thanks. Thank you so much. You know, I'll call the police next time. And the guy, as one of the guys leaving, he turns around and goes, so maybe if he's gone, um, just lock the door. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, okay, good. I'll do that. Thank just you. lock the door. So they leave, and immediately MacGyver bursts in, yeah. and uh, the phone rings. And and, and obviously, it, it's Polly. And, and now that MacGyver got to, went through all that trouble to tap their phones, they can listen to the, the conversation, <laughs> right? which is stupid. So Polly's like, listen, I got a guy. His name's Tony. Tony. He's actually at the gate now to the ranch. Tony Ravioni. Tony Ravioni. That's to- what, Tony, what call him. Coney Chaponi. Coney Chaponi Ravioni. <laughs> Coney <laughs> I got a guy. I got a guy named Tony Chaponi Ravioni. He's at the gate. He's gonna let you in when they arrive. Yeah. He's like, look out the window. So Polly tells the two guys, he's like, look out the window. Is there a delivery van out there? And they're like, yeah. He's like, all right, that's your ride in. What really? It's just okay. the weirdest way for him to tell you. Okay, that. sure. He should have just been like, all right, guys, there's a delivery van in the parking lot. That's yours. You take it. Instead of saying, look out the window. Is there a delivery van? Yeah. All right. Well, that's yours. That's your <laughs> like, delivery that's van. A really weird way to tell them that that's what they were taking into the ranch. Look outside. Is there? Sh- <laughs> is the sun up? That means it's daytime. <laughs> All right. I gotta go. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah. He's like, listen. He's like, this is what's gonna happen. He's like, my buddy Tony. He's like, he's at the gate already. He's Tony there. Tony Ravioni. He's Tony Ravioni. <laughs> and he's like, he will let you guys in he, when you a- get there. He's gonna open the gate, Aroni. Now here's the thing: is I thought these guys were gonna like go in the morning. Yeah, like I thought that was like Polly would just call and give them the plan, but no, they hang up the phone, get in the van, and leave. And they go, <laughs> and, and they leave their their they leave their dinneroni back. They in the, leave their dinneroni back in the room aroni <laughs> with the forkaroni. <laughs> <laughs> with the telephony <laughs> next to the telephony so macgyveroni um sees them get out there and he tells mary ruth um he's like listen you you call the cops and mary ruth's like well what are you gonna do well i'm going with them so he gets on the roof of the delivery well he van. runs after the delivery van and jumps there's like a ladder up the back so he can get onto the roof rack and he just climbs up that he's like and i want to know like how far was the drive from macgyver just like i wanted to like pull up and like in dumb and dumber like his face is covered in black flies and bugs in his mouth like wind burned face his eyes are all like bloodshot like like you know they never say how far it is from the motel to the ranch like are they in canada at this point yeah yeah they are i mean it's in that it's in town okay i just thought i just thought it would be funny to have this one like cutaway scene of MacGyver just like like white knuckled on the roof. White knuckling it. Right. Like I didn't people think it would like, be this long. People are driving around like looking at like, what the fuck is that? What just, the like, fuck is that guy? That oh, jeez. Like uh. they're trying to get every of the guys in the van to pull over. They're like, there's someone on the roof of your car. Pull over. <laughs> yeah, but that's I guess that's why they did this at night because Ex- it doesn't matter. Exactly. So <laughs> so they arrive at the ranch and they pull up to the gate. Wait. They arrive at the Rancheroni. <laughs> they arrive at the Rancheroni, and Tony Roni's there. <laughs> and Man- manning, <laughs> man- manning the Gatoroni. Manning the Gatoroni. And Tony's there and wastes no time and just kills the other guard inside the gate. Right. Just shoots him. <laughs> so, well, it says, go check out the back of the truck. And they open. The, the guy walks around the back of the truck, opens the door, and, and uh, one of the guys in there is like, hey, shoots him right in the face. Yeah. Boom! Take him down. They they drag him away, mm-hmm. and he conveniently leaves his scarf behind the dead guard because it fell off his he- neck. Yeah. So MacGyver at this point, MacGyver's on the roof of the car still, the yeah. roof of the van, and they don't see him. So he jumps down after they kind of like. Let's be clear about the van. It's like a box truck, so it's pretty tall. Yeah, it's pretty tall. Obviously, there's no way they're going to see him. Like a bread truck, a tall boxy truck. Yeah. So Mac jumps down, truckeroni, and is trying to like figure out how. 
he's going to get in there and he sees the scarf and he plugs the exhaust pipe of the mm-hmm. van. Sure. Um, fine. Makes sense. And yep. then he, he sneaks away through the gate. It was on the quickest escapes. I, oh, yeah. I loved it. He just like ducked through a gap in the tree and that's and it. Gone. And he disappears. <laughs> yep. And so the guys, the guys are out of the gate and they get ready to get the head in and then they, they can't start the van. Mm-hmm. Now, was that, well, that, I guess, would so. that do that? I, Enough back, like an older, an older vehicle that's not I, like all fuel injected and everything. I bet you it, it might cause some trouble, but I would think it would just blow the rag out. Which is what it does after he tries, the guy, one of the guys tries to start the van like four or five times. He has one of the other guys get under the hood to try to figure it out. And as he's doing that, the guy says, well, why don't you, you know, pump the, Pump the gas for for a second there, and he does that just enough that you hear the big bang, right. and it blows the scarf right out of the exhaust right. pipe. which is fine. Yeah, so I could see how that could be a problem, but I would just think that's a big enough vehicle it would just blow it out. Yeah. So whatever. Gave them, stalled them enough. Right, exactly. So so they pull around, and they pull into the gate, the, the gate and they don't, I love that no one inside hears it. Like, Joe doesn't mm-hmm. see the van come in. Richard doesn't see it come in. Well, they said it, the trigger was going to be to toot the horn twice. Oh, is right. that what he said? Yeah, yeah, right. So the guys were going to show up to the gate, shoot the other guard, go up to the front of the house and toot the horn twice. Okay. Um, so MacGyver made it to the house first because he plugged up the, the, the exhaust pipe, uh, stalling them, making them be late. So MacGyver gets to the front door first, somehow pops it open. Of course. And, and then latches it. It's And it's like it's like French doors, like the glass doors. Oh, yeah. And there's like a phone sitting next to them. Yep. A nice pink like pastel phone and he uses that phone cord to tie the doorknobs together like they're two you know double doors right um so you can't open them even though if it's unlocked right and macgyver goes off and starts sneaking around the house but there are guards in there too like having dinner and stuff right okay so so the guys drive in and they get out and they're like walking around the house and the i think it's the it's joe's guy the the men who are having dinner they hear some noises and they come around and they go to the kitchen windows Mm -hmm. And the guys are standing there, and they put a bullet in both the guys in the kitchen. Right. Right through the windows, just kill them, drop them right, right. to the floor. Well, they toot the horn twice. Yeah. They toot the horn first, so the guys kind of get up and start wa- looking around, see yeah. what's going on. Because Polly's like, yeah, go and check this out. Cl- basically, Polly's in the room now alone with Uncle Joe. Right. And so all the other guards are gone, and they're, the guys in the truck are going to shoot the guards on the way in. Yep. Polly is going to shoot Uncle Joe because he's alone with them. Right. So he pulls the gun. Polly pulls the gun out on Uncle Joe, and Joe realizes what's happening. And, and Polly's really, really the only response Polly has for him. He's like, oh, Joe, it's just business. Yeah. And he gets ready to pull the trigger, and MacGyver, out of nowhere, mm-hmm. just takes the recliner and he throws the he throws the foot of the recliner up, yeah. knocks Polly into the recliner, and then he knocks Polly like, out. Like punches him while he falls into the recliner and yeah. knocks him cold. Uh, That's what I love. <laughs> there are a lot of great one punch knockouts in this. Episode. Oh yeah, and like permanent knockouts. Like you're down for the rest of the show. Oh yeah, we don't see Polly again for the rest of the episode. At this point, I think we got less than seven minutes left. The one, in the the one thing I, I did read that they cut this that they didn't they didn't air this section because I didn't think it was very good. That MacGyver actually teabagged Polly. While he was in the recliner, see, I think that would have added a little more gravitas. Like he got up to on, his performance, so he fell back in the recliner. It's reclined. MacGyver got put each foot up on on the armrests, yeah, and just teabagged. His and I face. guess that they tried to call cut, but Richard wasn't hearing them. Richard Dean Anderson just couldn't hear them, so he just they left the camera rolling. Couldn't or didn't care. <laughs> Probably both. Just teabagging him. So, so Joe. Cut, <laughs> cut. We guess we got to go to the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> you 
You just, you just quietly hear the creaking of the chair. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy underneath, Polly's like, guys, can we, please, can we get him off me? Like, guys, can we please get him off me? This is really obnoxious. <laughs> oh, God. We've lost our minds, Greg. <laughs> yes, we have. We haven't eaten yet. I know. So Richard comes downstairs with Tommy. <laughs> And Tommy sees MacGyver, gets really excited, like runs over and gives him a hug. Um, Uncle Joe sends them down. Like well, Uncle Joe's like, who the hell are you? Yeah. I'm MacGyver. I'm here to get Tommy. Oh, all right, cool. So why don't you guys go to the basement and just kind of keep safe? And this is where Tom, and then Tommy runs up and confirms, like, oh, hey, MacGyver, what are you doing here? So Joe's like, oh, okay. Yeah, all right, cool. This is legit. And so he sends them down into the basement um, to kind of keep Tommy safe. And I love this. Richard attempts to, like, just bail. <laughs> Just like abandon Tommy right. to escape, and Joe cold cocks him and knocks him out. Yeah, Richard's about to leave. Like Joe, uh, Tommy's already run down the stairs, and Richard's like, "Forget this," and starts right. walking away. And, and Joe's like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "You know, this is your world. I don't want anything to this. You're going to leave the kid." He's like, "I'm out of here." And Joe's just like, "Bam!" And then punches him. No more. Ri- we don't see Richard again. Nope. Another <laughs> one punch knockout. And uh, Joe, I mean, he just rails. I think him. he half pistol whipped him. He had a gun in his hand too. Did he really? Yeah. I think oh, he okay. punched him with the same hand. So we're in the basement, and MacGyver tells Tommy, "Like, okay, go ahead. You need to stay down here in the basement. Stay. Keep out of the way. Keep yourself safe." So he and Joe, and this is a great little team. <laughs> like MacGyver and Joe, I know, go back upstairs, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to stop these guys from taking Tommy <laughs> so and good. from killing Joe. And so this was cool. I liked this this um, MacGyverism that he does. So okay. he takes he takes Tommy's robot. Mm-hmm. That one I was talking about at the beginning. Yeah, of the he takes the robot from the beginning, and I guess there's like a underneath the robot. There's a small compartment, just like a little like it's almost like a little petri dish because mm-hmm. he put he puts liquid in the petri dish. Well, it's the, what the Capsella stuff could do that if you some of them are watertight, you could kind of put stuff in it. Was yeah, pretty cool. So he takes uh, uh, um no, it wasn't rubbing alcohol. It was just alcohol, right? Um, I think he just takes alcohol. Yeah, it was alcohol, you, ammonia. Yep, and he takes the, the descaler for like cleaning coffee pots. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and he puts those in the little petri dish, and then he strips two of the wires that are attached to the robot, and he puts them just close enough, right, that if it were to generate a spark, it would trigger the liquid and create like a smoke bomb. Right, essentially, yeah. which is pretty cool. Which is pretty, pretty cool. cool. So he puts the toy down at the base of the stairs, and then he and Joe go to hide. And the men slowly start coming down the stairs, and mm-hmm. they see the robot at the bottom, and like they kick the, they kick it aside. Yeah, and that's enough that it, it separates the wires, so they can't make that connection, and it won't spark. Right. So MacGyver just starts like driving the robot around under their feet, and the guys don't really seem to think anything of it at first. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, that's weird." They hear the robot go off, and they look, and they're like. Oh, all right. They well, kind of tripped over it and, and kind of activated. Right. So, yeah, MacGyver kept messing with it, trying to get it going. So yeah. he drives the robot into the base of the stairs, which is enough. He doesn't know this, but it connect, it, it basically pushes the wires close together. Mm-hmm. So then he turns the robot around, and he drives the robot right into the ankles of one of the guys, Yeah, triggers the spark, and, and this, like, bigs this big, thick cloud of smoke, yeah. which is enough for them to for he and Joe, MacGyver and Joe to come in and take the two guys down. Take punch him like hard. Like oh, yeah. knock, again, one guy gets knocked into the corner under a lamp, the other guy get, think gets knocked into a chair, MacGyver teabags him again. Yeah, it's just um, it's weird. Meanwhile, but, there's this guy upstairs with a shotgun. It's Tony. It's Tony Ravioni. Uh, was it Tony? Yeah, Tony. It was? Tony, oh, I didn't Tony comes that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Tony. Okay, and it, Tony's up there, but uh, baby Ruth is up there too. So right. she sees Tony walking around with a shotgun. And at this point, MacGyver and Uncle Joe have, have kind of already kind of taken these guys, but Tony's on his way down. And uh, and uh, baby Ruth it walks through the kitchen and she sees a big skillet. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like yes. cast iron skillet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was great. And then, uh, yeah, then MacGyver and Joe are downstairs, and they're like kind of like almost ready to high-five each other or something, and Joe's trying to pull MacGyver off the guy that's knocked on the ground because he keeps teabagging him. It, he won't stop. It's ridiculous. He but won't anyway, stop. Yeah. And then Tony comes in. Yeah. Yeah, with, with the shotgun. With the shotgun, he's like, "Hey guys." Yeah, and so he wastes like no time wasted. Like he pulls the shotgun up, but you know, Mary Ruth is right behind them, right behind him, and just drills him in the back of the head with the with the like, pan. Pops up like from behind, like a banister, like the stairwell has like enclosed banisters, so you can't see through it. Right, and she's like behind it, pops up, and then bang. Basically, probably fractures his skull. Oh, absolutely! Giving him brain damage, and yeah. he's done. He's done, and that's that's it for Tony Ravioni. That's it. So Joe, Uncle Joe, tells tells Mary Ruth, like, get out of here with your son, and I'm going to make sure that Richard never bothers you again. Right. Oh, thanks. And that, by that, he means it's probably going to bury them in the. I'm going to say all those guys that have been knocked unconscious are all going to be dead and buried behind the ranch, without a doubt. <laughs> no one's going to find them right. ever again. Right. Um. So we cut back to the Phoenix Foundation, and I love this scene because it's like it's like little giddy Pete. Yeah, so like they're, I know. They're like MacGyver's like playing with the robot, and they're like having fun. They're like goofing around, and um, Mary Ruth is like, "Listen, I'm I'm really glad that I've I've had the chance to learn how to function on my own." Mm-hmm. And we get this we get this awesome scene. Thank goodness! Now all I have to do is be a mom. Are you kidding? In a few years, you're going to be dealing with a teenager. Yeah, puberty, high school. Borrowing the car. Let me try it. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Better let me drive. And so, and that's where, like, and that's where it ends right there. But, But, like, Pete has to pull the toy out of MacGyver's hands. And MacGyver's, like, you can hear that little grunt, because, like, Pete's trying to rip it out of Mac's hands, and Mac's like, no, no, No. don't hit. (laughs) Yeah, and Pete grabs it, and, like, he drives it into a coffee cup, knocks the coffee cup down, and then almost, like, crashes the robot off the desk. But it was just one of those very neatly wrapped up moments, and that's... um that's where the end end the episode. We don't get any closure on what happened with Mary Ruth and Tom. Like we don't know if the custody battle. Like if maybe she's now got sole custody. Oh, did, did, got Joe, sole custody did, did Joe kill Richard? Oh, without a doubt. So yeah. So that's uh, that's where we end the episode. And MacGyver uh, instructed Joe how to teabag someone, <laughs> and he was teabagged to oblivion. So that's it. That Pwned. Was, that was a great episode. It was. I, it was I a really, really good episode. Really liked that episode. What I what I actually liked about it the most was I liked the juxtaposition of Joe and Richard because Joe starts off as kind of a hard nosed mob boss, yeah. But then he softens up the more time he spends with Tommy. Whereas on the opposite end of that, Richard, the more time he spends with Tommy, becomes more annoyed and distant, and eventually tries to just abandon him in Canada. Right. <laughs> you know what a cock. And I just really liked that. That was a really nice. Um, Really nice compa- uh, contrast uh, of the two characters. I also really liked Mary Ruth. I she, was she was good. A strong character. Once again, even though she's only in one episode, truly strong female characters do exist in the eighties and nineties. <laughs> it's true, and it yeah. was just really, really well done. And I, I was just, I was really impressed. Yeah, really impressed with that episode. Oh, I liked it. Um, so I gave Mary Ruth one mullet. Mm. I gave Uncle Joe a mullet. Ooh. I gave Hipster MacGyver a mullet. Yeah, Hipster MacGyver. I gave a mullet to the robot smokescreen. Okay. And I gave half a mullet for Pete fighting with Mac over the robot at the end. So what would that bring four you to? Four and a half mullets. Four and a half. I That's gave it good. a four and a half. I, I, I just really liked it. I thought it was very well done. Yes, it was good. Definitely. So I, I gave one mullet for all the one-punch knockouts, like all over the place. Oh, yeah. There were quite a few. All over the place. Uh, one mullet for the crime family. It was kind of cool. It was a, a new yeah. thing. Yeah. Like a... 
we hadn't encountered really something like that before. Definitely. Um, one mullet for the ridiculous phone tap. I thought that was the most convoluted, <laughs> stupid. It really was. The easiest thing to do, <laughs> but through the most convoluted way to do it. And I gave it one mullet for the frying pan clobber to the back of the head. Yes. Uh, so that's four mullets for me. It was enjoyable. Okay. It was very good. All right. Awesome. Um, yeah. So just, again, not much else to say. Just a, just a pretty... Uh, Pretty good episode. What do you got going on I, over there? I found a Capsella commercial. Oh, did you? All I right, did. Let's, let's hear it for a let's second. See this, so right, this is a little bit it. of that toy that I, I kept gushing about. So <laughs> let, let's see what this is all about. Oh. Oh, it sounds terrible. It's an old commercial. Wow, it's old. Build a solar station. Design a rover to explore the unknown. Invent a space-age submarine. And now, Castella's 17-function computerized remote control. That's what he had. The remote control, right? Yep. The 94 command. Now the future is yours to create and control with Capsella. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the one that he had. He had the remote control one. Yeah. I recognize the remote, too, from the commercial. Yeah. That's awesome. Pretty awesome. That's awesome. Um, Sweet. Oh, yeah, there it is. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right, Greg, do you want to hear what's coming up for the next episode? I sure do. All right. Next episode is Season 4, Episode 12, The Challenge. Oh. A former teenage gang member, now part of an inner-city youth club where MacGyver volunteers, is framed for theft by a white supremacist. Uh, okay. Um, the only thing I know about this episode is that it has Cuba Gooding Jr. That's pretty awesome. Which already has points in my book, so I'm... I don't know if I'm looking forward to this. Um, it'll be interesting to see if it's um, if it's timely, considering what's happening in our country in mm. 2017. Right. Um, so we'll we'll give that one a uh, we'll give that one a a review uh, in the next episode. So that's going to wrap it up. So if you guys enjoyed listening to this, if you like ha- hearing the 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 ramblings of two thirty something idiots who gush over MacGyver, uh, let us know in the uh, Facebook page is Champ and Klein blow your mind. Twitter is at BlowYourMind14, Instagram at ChampaKlein. Our email address is LetUsBlowYourMind at gmail.com. You can hit us up there as well. You can find us on ChampaKlein.com where you'll have all of the archived episodes of MacGyver and our two other shows, The 1440 and Champa and Klein Blow Your Mind. So that is going to wrap it for this week. So for Mullets and Memories, I am Dave Champa. I am Greg Klein. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Well, and maybe it's time for a spin.